It was a uh, Saturday morning. I was an elementary-aged young man. I was in my bedroom reading a book. In the middle of a parsonage in Flora, Illinois, my mother was in the backyard hanging out the laundry. It was laundry day. And in that particular parsonage that we lived in while my father pastored the church there, there were a lot of adventures. For you see, the, the house was an older house, a frame house with a basement. It had adventure things like when you opened the basement door, the cockroaches ran when the light showed up, okay? Um, when uh, my youngest brother uh, got to be too old for the crib, then they put all three of us in one bedroom. It was really cramped in there. And on this particular day, my brothers were out playing, my mother was in the backyard, and I'm, I'm there reading one of my favorite books, when suddenly that thing that would happen periodically, the, the washing machine in the basement, the, the, the clothes got out of joint, if you know what I'm talking about, the, the, the balance gets out. And, and so when that would happen in that little house, when the, when the clothes would get out of balance and the washing machine would begin to shake, it would shake the whole house. And so I, I'm laying in the bedroom watch, reading the book, and, and I feel the house shaking, and so I, I yell out the window to my mother, because, you know, you're an elementary kid, why get up and change anything yourself, right? And so I, I just yell out at my mom, hey mom, the washing machine's out of line. And all of a sudden, my mother yells, get out of the house, get out of the house. Because you see, Flora, Illinois sits on the New Madrid Fault. And on November 9th, Saturday morning, 11.04 a.m., a 5.4 earthquake went up and down the New Madrid Fault. The washing machine was not out of line at all. It was an earthquake. And yours truly missed it just because I thought I knew what was going on. Uh, today, I, I want to conclude this series called Yours, Mine, and Ours, the stories of God's people from the book of Acts, from these early chapters in the book of Acts, with a story about how you and I might literally be living in the middle of an earthquake where everything is shifting and everything is shaking. But if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we'll believe that we are simply going through something else that we've been through before. Listen to the story as I read it for you from Acts chapter 4. I'm going to start reading at verse 23. Uh, Peter and John have been arrested for teaching about Jesus after they had healed a man who had been lame for years. If you've been with us over the last few weeks, you, you're there in the story. They're confronted, they're arrested, they've been tried and then released and instructed, do not teach in the name of Jesus. So what do you do when you're told by the highest authority in your world, don't do this? Listen to what Peter and John did. When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priest and the elders had said to them. And when their friends heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage and the prophets or the people's plot in vain? 
The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against His anointed. For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. You see, these men, Peter and John, earlier that day, before they were released, had, had been placed in the middle of a circle of accusers. In that Sanhedrin of gathered leaders, there, there were those 70 chairs we talked about, plus the one for the chief priest. And in the middle of those 71 people who had the authority to decide how to interpret what had happened for Israel, these, these two men and the man who had been made well stood. They had been investigated. And when they left that circle, they went to another circle. When they, when they left the circle of accusation, they, they came to the circle of friendship. It was the people who had been with Jesus with them. We don't know exactly how many of the believers were there. We, we don't know exactly who was in that circle. Most likely it was that 120 people who had gathered in the upper room. It's, it's unlikely that the thousands of people who had come to know Jesus as their Savior because of the teaching of the disciples and the, and the outpouring at Pentecost, it's unlikely that those thousands had gathered. It was, it was more likely 120 or, or maybe it was just the 11 or 12. Whoever it was, it was a group of people who, who understood what is real and what is unreal. You see, what's real is, is what God wants in your life. What's unreal is that the things you experience here, while they seem to be real, they will all pass away. And, and Peter and John and the others, their friends, they all understood this, that, that Jesus had brought something bigger than human reality. He had brought divine reality. And so they went from one circle to another circle and when they did, they connected with what God Himself wanted to do to shake the world. We are living in times where everything around us is shaking. Economies, sociology, economics, everything politically, even in the religious world. There are all types of things that are shaking, and if we're, if we're not careful, we'll, we will succumb to what Peter and John faced with the Sanhedrin. We'll, we'll believe that the human authority is the authority, and, and we'll miss what Peter and John knew deep down in their soul. They knew that, that it's God, through His Son, Jesus Christ who really controls the world, who really shakes up the world, who really determines our destiny, who, who really has the opportunity to change us from darkness into light. As we 
consider these stories of God's people, uh, the ones we've looked at this summer in those early days of the church, I, I would suggest to you that, that these people in this circle, the, 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 the people to whom Peter and John are talking when they are released from the power brokers of their culture, it's in that circle where the real power lies. And, and in the way they react, there's, there's something that can shake up our world not in terms of turmoil and chaos and all the things we see on Twitter and, and look at on the news or read in the paper, uh, but, but, but in terms of eternal shifting, eternal shaking of the world. It might just be that God has designed this whole time frame. He's allowed the things that are happening to happen so that you and I, the close circle of people who call Jesus their Savior and Lord, who, who follow Him through the work of the Holy Spirit, that we might be a part of shaking up the whole world. But if we are, if we're going to be those kinds of people, then we need to be like that circle that Peter and John returned to in Jerusalem, and we need to learn from what they did. So I would suggest to you this morning that, that there are just a few things they did that we might figure out. The, the first thing is this. We, we understand our world is really shaken. Our individual world, our corporate world is really shaken when we recognize God's authority. God is the one who is in control. That, that's what these, these men and women knew when they began to cry out in prayer, Oh, sovereign Lord. They, even by their title, recognized who Jesus was, who God is. And they wanted that authority, the supreme authority. You see, the, the, the temptation for us is to believe that the human circles are the places of authority, but, but in, in the kingdom of God, there is there's one person in charge of the kingdom. Oh, and by the way, it's not you, and it's not me, and it's not any council of churches or any gathering of human leaders. No, re remember, it's God's kingdom. In, in my first church as a senior pastor in Chattanooga, Tennessee, um, I, I had Dr. Robert Reardon, who had just retired as president of Anderson University, come down to Chattanooga to speak for our congregation for a weekend series of meetings. And on the first night he was there, as we went over to the church, it was a, a smaller church, and as the pastor, I was always the first one there to open the doors and turn on the lights and set the thermostat and make sure everything was right. And Dr. Reardon kind of dutifully followed along with me, and, and I looked out in the parking lot, and there, there was my dear friend Bill Price. Bill was one of the older members of our congregation there, and he lived down in Georgia. He, he lived in a little place called Catlett, about... 45 minutes south of Chattanooga, Tennessee, he would drive through those little country roads to our church every time the doors were open, and he was always, inevitably, the first person there. And so I, I said uh, on that particular Sunday morning, being a young new seminary graduate with the president of the university recently retired as my guest, I said to him, Dr. Reardon, I want you to meet Bill Price. Bill drives 45 minutes one way to come to my church. And Brother Price looked at me and said, no, Pastor, I don't. I said, 
it's more than 45 minutes? He said, oh no, pastor, it's 45 minutes. It's just not your church. I said, excuse me? <laughs> he said, you see that sign over there? It says church of God. It's his church. I'm here to worship him, not you. You see, that power that shakes up the world is never the coalition or the multiplication or the addition of all the human effort and all the human wisdom and all the human talent we can put together. No, no, no the, the power that shakes the world, that's, that's the power of God in Jesus Christ through His Spirit. Listen again to the words when they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priest and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit. And here they begin to quote Psalm 2. David had said these words in Psalm 2. Why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were to gather together against the Lord and against His anointed. For truly in this city they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod, who was from the house of Israel, and Pontius Pilate, who was from Rome, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. You see, the, the, the disciples understood that, that what had happened in the death of Jesus was not a coincidence. It wasn't an accident, and it was not by human hands. It was something that had been set in place for you and me to find the salvation of Jesus Christ, for you and me to discover who He was and what He wanted to do to shake the world up. And it's His authority his authority that we have to recognize. But in recognizing His authority, guess what else we have to do? We, we, we have to acknowledge our dependence upon that authority. We, we have to come to that place where we're no longer fighting God for control of our life. We're no longer saying to Him, God, I want it this way. Why in the world would you want it that way? Instead, we come in obedience. We come in a place of submission and and we, we come to a place where we're willing to say to God, God, look, it's yours. I mean, that's what Peter and John had done repeatedly in the previous 48 hours. They had said to the people who, who were amazed at the man who had been lame earlier that day at the beautiful gate and now had, had been able to jump and walk and, and rejoice for the first time. Now, now, now suddenly they were able to, to see that and, and they said, you think we did this? Well, we didn't do this. In fact, they even told the man, look, we don't have silver and gold. We don't have what you're asking for, but here's what we've got. We've got Jesus, and here He is. You see, in a world that thinks it's in control, the greatest thing we can say is, here's what we've got. We've got Jesus. He's the one who shakes our world up. The other shaking, it's, it's really not what we think it is. It's really not determining our destiny. It's only God who determines our destiny. It's only God who's in control of the world. It's only Jesus that we offer to a broken world. And then when the authorities questioned him, how did you do this? What happened in, to the authorities, just as they had said to the crowd? Hey, listen, we didn't do this. 
Jesus did this. By the way, it's the Jesus that you crucified, the Jesus that you killed, the Jesus that you persecuted, the Jesus that you opposed. You weren't opposing us. You weren't opposing Jesus. You were opposing God. God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You didn't take Jesus' life. He gave it for us. You want to shake your world? You want your world to be shaken? Recognize the authority of God in your life and acknowledge that you don't have that much power. Acknowledge your dependence upon Him. Listen to it. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. You want to know what's funny about that word boldness? What's funny about that word boldness is that in the Greek, the word that's used there, the word that's translated for us, boldness, it it has to do with, in context, the the way a, a slave owner would talk to a slave. And, and it's never good when a slave owner talks to a slave. Slavery is sin. We know that. But there's a boldness that someone who thinks they have power over someone else uses. It's wrong. It's sinful. But it's there. And this word for teach us, let your servants speak boldly about what Jesus did, is the same word. And what it means is, give us a boldness, a confidence within ourselves that we speak about who Jesus is as if we've got nothing to lose. Let us speak about who Jesus is with the kind of freedom that only comes from really depending upon Jesus. But there's another part of shaking up the world. If, If you really acknowledge your dependence on this sovereign God, then, then, then you have to be willing to be a part of His activity. If you really want to shake up your world, you've got to step, as we would say in our culture for the last 10 or 15 or even 20 years, out of your comfort zone. Step out of your comfort zone into the place where your dependence upon the final authority puts you in a position where you're going to be a partner with Him in what He's doing, where you're saying to God, hey, listen, you did this in Jesus. Jesus has done this for me. Your Spirit is available. I'm listening to you. It's no longer my agenda. It's no longer my design. It's your design for my life. Look into God's face. Listen to His voice and say, whatever you want, I'm willing to do. Wherever you go, I'm willing to go. Wherever you want me to go, I'm willing to go there. See, it's in that that process of willingly putting yourself out there, willingly saying to God, hey, you know what? This isn't what I would choose, but, but it's what you want me to do. I see where you are. It was Henry Blackaby in the 1990s who who wrote a book called Experiencing God, who put the phrase out there that church people for now almost 30 years have have begun to use, which simply says, I want to be where God is working. Find where God is working and go there. That's what this circle was saying to God in Jerusalem that day. That's what the friends of Peter and John were saying. 
hey, God, you're sovereign. We know that. You're in charge. We're dependent upon you. And so we're willing to go where you go and do what you want done. Look at it again the way they said it. While you stretch out your hand to heal, and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. I, I, I love the way they say that. Because what they're saying is, they're saying, look, we don't have to do something to get you to heal. We don't have to do something to, to make you perform miracles. We, we, it's not about anything we have in terms of a formula or how we pray or, or what we say or, or what we do. No, no. Jesus, you're already out there. You're already doing miracles. You're already healing brokenness. You're already putting people in places where they are being redeemed by your presence. Just show us where you are. Maybe it's at a food bank. Maybe it's at a clothing pantry. Maybe it's helping a, a foster child. Maybe, maybe it's giving out of your resources to make sure that, that your congregation continues to reach out. Maybe it's inviting a friend to be with you. Maybe it's anything God is at work doing. Maybe it's just listening. Maybe it's just a cup of coffee and time. But wherever God is at work, the people who shake up the world, the people who are a part of the world that's really being redetermined are the people, the people who are willing to be a part of what God's doing. And when that happens, that, that, that's when the world begins to shake in the real way. All the cultural upheaval, all the economic upheaval, all the political positioning, all of the stuff that's going on in our world right now, it isn't really going to shake for eternity. The only thing that shakes for eternity is the hand of God on the lives of people reminding them that He is love, and He is grace, and He is truth, and He is mercy, and He is justice. You see, our world is shaken when we experience the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in us to share that message with Jesus. If you're watching us online right now, I'm going to invite you to participate with those of us on campus in something. See, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to use something I didn't even know how to use three years ago. It's called an emoji. And, and, and in the next few minutes, we're going to take some time to pray together here on campus, but also for those of you online. And what we're going to do is we're going to pray that God, who is sovereign, will be the authority in our life. And we're going to pray that, that we will learn how to be dependent upon Him and we're going to pray that we would be willing to go where He is and be a part of what He is doing. And what we want to invite you to do if you're online is to, is to join with us in that because here's where that prayer is going to end. That prayer is going to end with us asking God, where is it you want us to speak boldly? Where is it that you want us to share the message of Jesus? Who is it you want us to love in your name? Who is it that you want us to, to be a part of?
And if you're watching with us online, then what I'm going to invite you to do is I'm going to invite you to, to use a, either a, a prayer emoji or, or some emoji that you choose that simply says, you know what, I'm, I'm praying too. I'm praying with you who are on campus. And for those of us on campus, here, here's what we're going to do. We're, we're going we're gonna to listen to a song that I asked Sarah to sing last Sunday to close. I've asked Eric to, to, to sing it again and to bring with it another verse that we left out last week. I grew up singing this song. I, I grew up hearing this song say to my spirit, hey, hey, Carrie, this is, this is what brings the shaking, the real shaking to your life. It's that ability to, to look at Jesus Christ and see Him and to do what He wants you to do. For those of us here in the room, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you just in your little family group, the people that you came with that we're socially distanced with, I'm going to ask you while, while Eric sings this song, would you just kind of turn and and it's okay to talk in church a little bit. You can whisper with one another. And I want you to, I want you to think about where it is God wants you to share about Jesus. And if you're not ready yet, if, if that's something beyond you, then I'm going to ask you to spend this moment asking God to give you the courage, asking Him to give you the boldness. That's what these people in that circle did. They prayed for the boldness. Lord, give us the courage. Lord, give us the boldness to share. So this morning, I'm inviting you online and on campus to come together in such a way that we turn our eyes upon Jesus and we ask Him to really empower us, really give us courage to really shake the world because of our obedience to His authority. As we sing, would you kind of gather together here on campus, pray with that person with you, and I'll come back and pray for all of us in just a moment. to 
Abba, Papa, that is our prayer, that we would be able to see your Son, Jesus Christ, in such a clear way, that we would be able to depend upon you with all of our heart and trust you with everything we are, so that you would open our eyes to see not only Jesus, but the world around us, the people that you've placed in our path, the people who need to hear. Give us boldness. Give us courage to share that Jesus Christ is the answer. He is your Son. He is our Savior. And in a world that is, that is fraught with fighting and anger and division, He brings strength, peace, and comfort. In a world that is seeking, He brings wisdom and He gives us discernment. He brings healing for the broken. Lord, today, would You take each one of us and give us Your focus, Your eyes, because we've seen Jesus to be able to share Him with the people around us. For it's in the strong name of Jesus Christ that we pray.